This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's always fun when you're a Mansfield Town fan, especially when you have weeks like we've just had. First, John Joe O'Toole signs on the dotted line. Then we go all the way to Forest Green, only to play three minutes. Then we decide to add Lucas Aikens to the squad. Then we go all the way up to Barrow. Score in the first minute. Get it to 2-1. Then get Faz Rawson sent off. Then we decide to go even one better. Jordan Bowery, bang, scores. 3-1, three points coming all the way home. Then, just as you think things can't get any better, the Stacks released the news that James Perch was set to be back in action tomorrow night. More on that in a minute. The important thing is, James Perch is back-ish. Can things get any better for Mansfield Town as they look to break a Football League club record on Saturday at home to Leighton Orient? Get involved and have your say on your team in the comments now on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters.
evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. What a week it has been. Lucas Aikins puts pen to paper. We bring three points all the way back from Barrow with 10 men. We equal a club football league record and on the brink of breaking another one. And we also get the great news that James Perch is back-ish for the Stags. More on that in the next couple of minutes or so. As always, we want you guys to get involved and have your say on your team in the comments of the live feed. If you listen to the audio version of this, come and join us. We're live one day every week. We never know which day it is. <laughs> and of course, every Sunday when there's a game midweek, it's important to stress that. So we'll have we'll be live next week. Joining me tonight to go through all things Mansfield Town related, we have got the three musketeers. No Nathan Edge tonight. He's... Uh, he subbed himself out with Manflu, but we've got now the full-time regular member of the podcast. It's Accident Pro now. Good evening. Good evening, Craig, and good evening, everybody. We've got the man who says he's the sage of Edwinstow. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it's it's Clive Parkin. Good evening. Hello, everybody. And we've got the man who seems to have joined us on a more regular basis since we've started winning games. No coincidence. Oh, it's Pam Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Who seems to change his setup every single week as well. There yep. you go. Uh, there we go. Uh, how are we, everyone? Are we all well? Yes, thank you. Tickety-boo. Couldn't be better. There we go. Absolutely. Well, I think one thing I will start with you tonight that, uh, you know, couldn't be better is, of course... The statement which the club put out at lunchtime today about James Perch. We'll read it in full in a minute. But in a nutshell, James Perch, back. Brilliant. It's like uh, Nigel said, it's like having a new signing, isn't it? Uh, Excellent news. And it'll be interesting how he gets on. You know, whether he gets on with the slight headwear that he's got to wear. You know, how he gets on with that. I know he's been training for a couple of weeks and it was in full-time training last week or so Nigel said mm. so it's just uh, is a good another good lad to have and it possibly be on the bench on Saturday yeah that could there could be a curveball in that we'll come on to that in a second let's read the full statement first now bear in mind this was posted uh this afternoon um when they thought the under 23s match was going to take place it's now not taking place tomorrow night at Alfred it's been rescheduled uh, for the back end of Feb so whether Perch has to wait until then or whether the uh, the stags arrange a friendly for him uh, remains to be seen. I imagine it will be the latter, but we'll come on to that in a second. But first, the club posted this update earlier on. We are heartened to confirm that experienced defender James Perch is set to re- make a return to action for the first time in five months when Stags under-23s take on Wigan Athletic under-23s in the Premier League Cup on Wednesday night. Of course, that game is now off. After fracturing his skull during a training session in mid-August following an innocuous aerial challenge, it was feared the 36-year-old would miss the rest of the season. However, following a positive recent consultation, the former Forest and Newcastle player has now been given the option to return to competitive action. Manager Nigel Clough said we had some very encouraging and promising news a few weeks ago when James went for a routine scan. It was expected to confirm that they, the consultants, would look at it again towards the end of the season with nothing more to be done. But the specialist said his fracture at this moment in time is now as strong as it would be at the end of the season. With appropriate head protection, he gave James the choice of starting training with a view to playing again sometime towards the end of this month. James was ecstatic when he got the news. He has since been involved in training in the past two or three weeks with various levels of contact. He's been able to keep up with physical work generally and is in good shape. 
The decision to play is up to James and he is now at the stage where he's scheduled to play 45 minutes on Wednesday. It's still relatively early stages and we'll see how he feels with the head protection. We've missed his experience, leadership and quality. When he joined back in training, you could see the rest of the players visibly lift him, having him around. Having him back in training has given us another boost. Um, and then it, it just finishes with the, the details of tomorrow night's game, which is now cancelled. But Clive, Regardless of tomorrow night's game, which is obviously uh, which is obviously cancelled, having Perch back in is fantastic news, and I think the club have done the the right thing in holding it back because he has actually been back, as it says in the statement, for uh, a couple of weeks. But the one thing we wanted to do, they didn't want to do, was raise the expectation levels and put any pressure on him at all to return. Because of course, two or three weeks ago, had it been announced that he was returning, people would have perhaps you know quieting down on the O'Toole thing but in, in actual fact by keeping it quiet they've done the right thing for all parties involved yeah more importantly I'm pleased for the lad um, you know because I, I feared when it was uh, announced that the severity of the injury that we might not see him back in colours again um, bear in mind where how old he is and and, and the, 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 the possible permanent debilitation you can have from a head injury like that so I'm really chuffed he's, he's able to come back I hope he gets some football in. I think he's going to have to fight for a place in this team. And I think that's good for everybody. Yeah, he will have to fight for his place, Cam. But of course, the, the fact that having him back is a is a big enough uh, positive. He was in full contact training um, today uh, and was uh, was playing at, at pretty much full pelt. Disappointing, um, though, that the news has since come out that tomorrow night's game at Alfton uh, against Wigan under-23s is now off. It's disappointing. I was quite looking forward to going down to that. Um, do you ever do any work? Do you ever do any do, you do any of your uni work? Because you just seem to be. Anyway, carry on, carry on. Um, I'm, I'm actually early. still on. I'm still on Christmas break. So uh, what? Oh, you bloody school kids! Bloody students. <laughs> uh, anyway, carry Ellie, on. Ellie went back to uh, last Monday, so she's got two weeks ahead of me. Uh, but yeah, I'd have, I'd have gone down to that. Um, not too far on the train and then not a bad little walk from the train station to the ground and uh, disappointed, to be honest. I was quite looking forward to seeing James play at least 45 from what Clough was saying, but hey-ho. Um, but I think a lot of fans, if you was there ahead of the Walsall game, would have been a bit like, hmm, I wonder what's actually happening because if anybody noticed, James Perch was warming up with the team back then. So, and he was fully kitted out then. He'd got training gear on, he'd got boots on. He didn't do anything physical. He did a lot of the ball stuff. But other than that, it looked like he was very much back in, in amongst the, the match day squad and the, the match day setup. So you're thinking, are we going to see James Perch at some time in the near future? And well, the answer is yes. And that's brilliant news, not only for actually on the pitch, in that we've got an experienced defender coming back, especially when we've just lost one to suspension, but it's just is in the all-round camp, it's brilliant because James is a a brilliant addition to the squad as an experienced player with uh, a lot of footballing ability, especially at League Two. I imagine, Clive, that Nigel Clough, um, following that news uh, of the under-23s game uh, being off, will try and look to a Ranger friendly to get Perch some minutes because he, he very much sort of said in his press conference sort of midday time that if he came through... Um, of that uh, of that game, sort of relatively unscathed, he could possibly involved in in some way, shape, or form. Most probably from the bench 
on Saturday. But especially with Rawson being suspended, it's exactly what he would have wanted. So Clough will do everything in his power, I would imagine, to try and uh, keep those plans to fruition, even though the rug has been pulled with the Wigan game. I think the player's probably very fit anyway. Uh, it's just not match fit. Now, I've seen players who haven't had any match time come off from the bench and you wouldn't know they hadn't had it. And I guess, I'm guess i guessing that Perch is one of those players. He'll come on for a magic 15 minutes if required, if in fact Clough selects him for the bench on Saturday. I'd like to see him there because I think he, it's a very positive thing to do. And we haven't got a huge depth on the bench anyway. But having said all that, we're not desperate for him, which is a really, really pleasant place to be. Yeah, we could be, though, in a couple of weeks, Alan, because not only is Farron Rawson suspended for a couple of games, Ollie Hawkins is also now one booking away from a two-game ban. Yeah, he's got to be very careful, hasn't he, Ollie? Because uh, he got, uh, you know, he's got all these suspend, uh, all these yellow cards and whatever, and it is worrying that we're going to miss him for two games eventually, sometime soon. You know, whether it be like Saturday or you know two weeks time or whenever. But you're but, forgetting, uh, fellas. We've had a big dose of medicine this week. We've got some Lucasade. That is true. That is true. You've been sitting on that since <laughs> Thursday. He's, look at him. He's buzzing to get that joke out. Very good, Clark. Oh, oh, that's stifled, <laughs> doesn't it? Eh? It's, oh, it's just completely sent a wrecking ball in. Sent, sent a wrecking ball in. Uh, let's go to uh, some of the comments. Keep them coming tonight. Have your say on your team. We'd love to, uh, uh, to hear what you've got to say. Um, Roger says a win on Saturday would be the cherry on top of a good week. Um, Chris says hope Newport draw tonight, then we break the record on Saturday. Donna says it's been an amazing week. Richard says brilliant news like Clive. I thought he may never play again. Talking about Perch. Jim says great news about Perch. Covers the last um, the last squad need I think we had. Um, must say Elliot Hewitt really deserves more column inches and airtime. Him and Maka are fantastic at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Touching back on the uh, the perch thing and sort of uh, getting an extra number in the door cam. It also um, has sort of asked, asked questions and raised questions about the potential future of Richard Narty. Nigel Clough in his press conference um, today has sort of said that they're going to have conversations with Narty, obviously he got his injury, hasn't played as much game time as he would have wanted to and would have expected to and what Burnley would have expected to as well. He is on loan until the under, uh, he is on loan until the end of the season. However, there is a, a recall clause in there and I imagine Burnley may be looking to uh, to take that cam should Narty, you know, not be getting the, the game time because at the minute he's probably fourth or fifth choice, especially with Perch now on the brink of coming back into the squad as well. That's going to knock him down even further. I don't think it's the the greatest loss if you replace Perch with uh, replace Narty with Perch. Uh, I think we'd all rather see James Perch back in the team and and actually playing. And same, I think Burnley'd be wanting Richard Narty to be somewhere that he's actually going to play. I think it's a very difficult situation to judge because who's to say Perch wouldn't come straight back into the team, get injured again, and be out for a few more months, and then we would need Richard Narty. So. Uh, I very much feel sorry for Nigel Clough, who's going to make that tough decision. Do we do we bite the bullet, send Naughty back on the hope that Perch will return, or do we keep them both, end up paying extra wages, and then for one of them to be sat on the well, sat on the bench or in the stands, not involved at all? I suppose that's the the big risk. I think the other option, Al, is, is sending Naughty back because you know it is unfair on him. You know he's a good defender, 
Um, he's just been unlucky during his spell with us, really. Um, it would be unfair on him to sort of get him in as fourth or fifth cover. I think what we probably would look to do is potentially send him back with an iron in the fire this week. I know Clough says he's, he's looking to bring in another utility man potentially before um, Saturday. But also the other option there is you could either... We've got recalls on our younger defenders that are already out on loan, but we could also bring another young, young-ish defender in on loan. Someone like Will Forrester, but probably not Will Forrester because it looks like Stoke City have uh, firmly shut the door on that one. I think they want to get him game time, which uh, again is is completely understandable. Something that was interesting in his interview as well, he said that uh, Lucas Aitken can play centre-off as well, didn't he? Play at the mm. back. So that's another possible iron in the fire. But as regards Narty, with having Perch there, I mean, he's already on the books, isn't he, anyway? So yeah. who's been I know he hasn't been playing, but he's, he's already on the books. So it, in my opinion, I would keep him just as a cover. Yeah. You know, and if Perch does well, you know, because, I mean, nobody might want uh, Narty. You know, depending on what the transfer window's like, you've got another week to go. If anybody takes him and Nigel can get something, you know, sorted, fair enough. But failing that is always worth having in the squad just in case of injuries or suspensions. I think that's the big conundrum that Clough has got, Clive, isn't it? Because does he ship one out to try and um, close down on numbers? Because that is something that he is very, I wouldn't say adamant on, but sort of, there seems to be a, a firm theme there that he wants a settled number of players. Yeah. Um, you can see he's tidying up the squad all the time and tucking in the, the loose ends and, and those people that don't really stand much of a chance now, he's giving them opportunity elsewhere. I think it's a shame about Narty because we've not really been able to see whatever he's got. He, came, he got thrown in the deep end on the first his first match and, and quite honestly... It was like throwing raw meat to the lions that day. Yeah, it was, uh, and he didn't didn't do himself any justice. And I'm afraid the fans at that moment in time had got very little sympathy with him, which is a shame because I think he's a better player than perhaps people believe. And likewise, Forrester. I mean, we've not seen anything because he's got a worse he's got a worse injury record than Al uh, the commentator. He's back. He's <laughs> back fit now. He's he's back fit now. Forrester was playing for Stoke under twenty threes uh, the other day. So he's well, you know, he, but I think Stoke are looking to get him. into you game can't games. Judge him. He's, he's had a yeah. well, half an hour with us, an hour at most, haven't he? And uh, it was the right thing to do, but the, the wrong player to do it with. And I mm. think uh, you could possibly argue with same with Narty. But we're, at the time we took these lone players on, we were in a bit of a panic, and and that's that's we need to remind ourselves of that because we're. The management team are basking in glory at the moment. They weren't basking in glory when they took those players on right at the end of the, the deadline because they were they were they were they weren't in control of the situation, in my opinion. But that's gone now. We've moved past that. We've got the you know the players that we really rely on coming back into form. It's ironic to me that the the best player last season is struggling to get in the team, and that's Lapsley. Yeah. Um, uh... I'm sure we can come on to that a little bit more later on. Let's touch upon transfers for a minute, though, Cam, because, you know, we were talk- Clive was talking there about it sort of being poor in the last window and, and sort of, uh, you know, being a little bit lastminute.com. But for whatever reason, in this month, the transfer plans have, have gone to pot. And I think the, the word patience is definitely worth highlighting because if you look at the uh, the Aikens deal, that's taken 12 months to get done. We were trying to get him this time last year. And sometimes to be a success, to build successful things, 
it, it takes time. You can throw a house up in a day if you want, but I wouldn't want to live in it. No. Um, I think Clough very much got a... It, I'd say Clough's jobs this season is worse than last season's because we've got... A, I'd say the core of the players obviously is still the same, but we've now got better quality players as well in the team. And trying to keep everyone happy is probably the hardest thing as a football manager. Yes, it's all right saying like, all oh, the manager just picks the team, this, that and the other. But he's got to make sure not only are we picking a team that's going to perform the best, but are players there on merit or are players there on performance? Because it's just too easy to say like, Lapsley was great last season, so he should start every game this season. Ollie Clark was brilliant last season, should start the game every game this season. I'd probably say Ollie Clark was better last season than he was this season. But then you've got to throw players like Ryan Sturk into the mix. And it's just difficult to to find that balance of, of players, especially when you've got John Joe at all coming in as well. We know he can play in midfield. Lucas Aikens can play pretty much anywhere as well. So there's more competition for the place. And I'd rather see a team that can go out and perform than seeing a team that's full of managers' pets, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Especially having that um, fluidity that we've got. Uh, let's delve back into some more comments. Our friend Nathan's been in touch and says, Betclough was gutted that the under-23s game has been postponed, but I'm sure being the decent man he is, he didn't threaten to bite anyone's nose over it. I'm saying nothing. We'll leave that one there. Uh, Roger says that to think some weeks ago, Stags fans were questioning Nigel Clough. What a turnaround uh, since then. Uh, Richard says Perch gives cover in right back and centre back. Uh, Nathan says when you look at Narty, um, uh, he is not very big uh, at all. In League Two, you need big defenders like John Joe and Faz. Think he will end up going back to uh, Burnley. Roy says, do we need anybody? I wouldn't be disappointed if we if we don't. Uh, saying that, I'd like to see another keeper or a winger with pace if possible. Let's uh, talk about keepers to, to start off with. I asked Nigel Clough today about uh, Marek Steck, who I think uh, deserves an honourable mention because he's been, his attitude and everything has been um, fantastic. Of course, he was on the transfer list in the summer. A move didn't pay off for him. He was third choice um, because we had Shelby on loan from Nottingham Forest. He's now back with his parent club, of course, after being recalled because he didn't get game time. Steck has since moved up to number two. He's been involved with, with the squad pretty much throughout and has showed an impeccable attitude, always sort of celebrating and dancing. And it, it's really good to uh, uh, good to see that. And, and Clough sort of praised that as well. And he said he's the number two. He's he's, he's there now. He's, he's, he's worked hard. He's there. We've got third choice keepers as well, which are out on loan. We've got younger keepers. So I don't think he's going to look to bring a keeper in because we've got recalls on our, our young keepers who I think he's confident enough in you know, using and putting on the bench should we need them. I think we've got a good couple of young keepers in the building now as well, at least three or four um, younger keepers coming through, which is, which is good to see. So th- there's that area which I don't think we need. He's potentially mentioned a utility player coming in this week, Clive, to cover as well. And I think if we get a utility player in, someone who can, you know, either play all the way across the back four, all the way down the left-hand side, et cetera, et cetera, I think we're done because I think the squad now is pretty much near as damn it, as good as we're going to get it. I think you're right. I'm dead on because earlier in the season, we couldn't afford injuries. We couldn't afford any more suspensions. We were dragging the bottom of the barrel to get a team out. 
we're, we're in the, a much better position today and that we, we shouldn't we have no need to panic when we lose the odd player or two and I think if you do get a, a general purpose player in is this the lad that was um, got a sore knee when he was going through the medical and they're waiting till the end of the week to give him another bash yeah, so they've confirmed, Clough has confirmed that uh, we were looking at um, Kieran Wallace, who's expert. And he didn't fail a medical. Clough wanted to uh, ex- sort of explain that. He just got a little bit of swelling on the knee. So they're just going to see, uh, just going to take a little bit of time over it and sort of uh, see uh, what happens on that one. Do you know, sooner or later, Craig, um, the um, pot of players who have worked under Clough <laughs> will, will dry up. <laughs> we're gonna have to start getting players elsewhere. <laughs> but we will at some we will at some point. But uh, if it gets us promotion, now, we're not going to be I'm not knocking it at the moment because those players <laughs> are doing well for us. So yeah, that's true. And I suppose when you're a manager as well, you know you, you can work with someone week in week out like Quinn and play them week in week out. Or they, they might have just been on your radar at other clubs, Alan. That's uh, that's how they they sort of come through, isn't it? Because I imagine if you know Clough went on to a another job elsewhere. Uh, in the future, he might be looking to take a few others that uh, you know, like the likes of Ryan Sturk, etc., that have worked with him this season. It's not just about you know bringing in the same team and the same eleven, is it? No, well, it's like I'm just uh, harping back on what Cam said about quality. I mean, George Lapsley last year was unbelievable. He's had a couple of injuries and a couple of spells out this year, and he can't quite get back in because how well Ryan Sturt's playing. And fair play to the lad because he's doing really well. And that you know that's only and it's another good signing that uh, Nigel's brought in. It's just a shame Burke hasn't uh, performed as admirably because I think we do need cover in case Macca gets injured. Burke can play there, but he's I don't know, he's just off the place a little for me. Yeah, I think he's probably, like like everyone else, he needs game time, but the risk yeah. with him him was we couldn't really afford to let him go out because no. we didn't have cover, whereas with James Clark on the other side, yeah. you could argue that we did. I think if we are going to bring anybody in before the end of the window, a utility player that can play anywhere down the left would, suit, would I think, really, really put my mind at ease. CJ Hamilton. goodness sake why did you have to say with Quinn feeding it oh (laughs) just to to please the long time listeners oh dear mate Um, it would be electric wouldn't it imagine him Macca and Quinn down the left hand side it'd be one tangle of legs yeah well (laughs) that is that is true that is true Oh dear, let's go back to some more comments. We're going to talk Barrow in a minute. I know we're sort of 25 minutes in and we've uh, we've not really touched upon Saturday yet. But There's uh, been we, so we... much happening the last I know. Three, two days though. Yeah. Oh, I, I I can't read this comment out from Chris, can I? It says Cam's right. Can't oh no. <laughs> uh, Cam, Cam's right about quality. Um, I've tried to think if any of the squad Flickcroft had uh, and I can't think of any I'd swap, to be honest. There's... there's there's the there's the two, which we always play the bring him home to. But actually, I think Reese Oates is uh, certainly on on the uh, the flower, shall we say, is certainly blossoming into that role and a little bit more good old road runner. I tell you um, what is quite quite apparent is earlier in the season when we were scoring players, we'd have half the team they considered to be playing positively well, hmm. and then you'd be picking a little bit of fault and criticising others uh, because they were not up to scratch. 
And in fact, I think earlier in the season, had Mr. Clough got choices, one or two of those players would have been on the dustbins with Alan. Um, but <laughs> we now look at the team, we look at the performance on Saturday. In fact, in the last few weeks, you don't find anybody in the side that you want to criticise. Yeah. They all make mistakes. Of course they do. And I I'm mean, not even going to criticise Rawson for getting sent off. You want an no, aggressive it, to, defender. To be honest, the first yellow card was never a yellow card. No, but let's assume it. Anyway, let's but, assume yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. He has the responsibility not to get a second one, and and that's the stupidity of the, of the thing. But mm. I'm not going to criticise him because you want your your big ugly defenders to be aggressive, and sometimes yeah. that turns into a card. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree uh, on that front. And even when you know commentators do criticise. Um, players, then they just pop up and just go bang, scored. <laughs> critique, <laughs> critique. What a yes. word! What a word! It was not a negative critique. It was just a, an observation at the time. And you know what? I'm delighted. I was delighted when he the ball flooded off his head and he peeled away and uh, scored. Not so delighted that I think Nathan had him in podcast predictions and scored a ridiculous <laughs> amount of points. But we'll come on to that later. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Uh, Mar- Martin says Cluffy inherited a poor squad. So he's had to go for players he knows that can do a job. Now, that's a fair point, isn't it, Alan? Because when we appointed Nigel Clough as manager, he said, you know, it's going to take two or three transfer windows to to get this right and to get this squad capable of performing. And and all of that is whilst we're still having to play games. We we don't just make the changes and and it's there. It's over a long period of time. We, what, three transfer windows in to Clough now. I still don't think it's where it it could be. I'd certainly like to see what what business we do in the summer because there's certainly a few players... I think maybe on the way in the summer, but it, it, it's absolutely spot on. He, he did inherit a, a relatively poor squad um, and has had to do a lot of work on the training ground to get them mentally ready and mentally in, in a place of where they are together and, and willing to fight for each other. Because it's interesting to see that the players who couldn't win a game under Cochrane for those 11 or 12 games or so before Clough came in, there's still a core of them in the squad now and if you'd have said to me at that point, in a season's time, these players are going to be competing for a top three spot, I'd have sent you to a mental asylum. And I think uh, to a certain degree, for one of, well, two of the matches, I think Coops deserves a lot of credit for that as well, for bringing the team together and getting them to gel, you know, and keeping them together as he did before Nigel took over. But Nigel's kept the ball rolling, he's moved it on nicely. We've had a few transfer windows. He's finally got the assemblance of the players that he wanted, I do believe. And now, like he said, give them time to settle in. It's, uh, you know, proving uh, that it's uh, the good signings. Yeah, certainly so. And none more so than I think the last week or so in the transfer window when we've sort of got John Joe uh, down on, on paper, then Aikens brought in. Um, as well. More on John Joe in a little bit. There's an interview with him on iFollow and with Nigel Clough um, as well. I was privileged to do that today. Uh, Nathan says, Aikens was desperate to work with Clough again, hence him putting in a transfer request twice. Also heard that Brayford from Derby wants to reunite with uh, Clough. He could be the utility player. Brayford at Burton, uh, of course, as well, played with him um, there. Not sure whether it will be him or not. Not really heard anything um, on that front, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me um, as well. Uh, Roger says, Lucas can play anywhere. Greg says, this squad we've got is probably the most versatile squad I've ever seen at Mansfield. With our starting eleven, it can quite comfortably be four different formations, which is great to have, especially when Clough needs to tweak things mid-game. Absolutely spot on that, isn't it, Clive? 
And can you remember the criticism that we were all giving Clough for formations earlier in the season because we couldn't see any sense in what he was doing? Um, and at the time, I, we were, I think we were spot on. I think not only have the team grown into a, a level of competence, but I think the management team have got a better grip on things going forward. And, and it, you can't ignore the overriding problem we had at the beginning of the season, and that was an unprecedented number of long-term injuries and long-term suspensions. No one could countenance, could countenance that coming forward. No one could have predicted it. And there's nobody got an answer to that in the small squad. Yeah, and that's very, very true. And do you know what? It, it, it makes perfect sense to build a squad of players that can play anywhere and play in a number of positions rather than going right. I want two right backs, four centre halves, two left backs, and so on and so on and so on. Because football doesn't work that way. And Nigel Clough, you know, is an experienced man and certainly knows that. Pedro in the comments has said, got my 80 year old mum to listen to the match on the wireless on Saturday and she thinks you sound lovely, Craig. Thanks for that. I'll pay you later, Pedro. Um, Chris <laughs> said, Oates is better all round than CJ. Uh, Roger says the Cumbrian radio report said we have centre halves that we want to head the ball, but Barrow do not. And um, Paul says uh, win Saturday would make a nice 50th birthday present. Well, happy birthday for Saturday, Paul. Yeah, let's touch upon Barrow then. Uh, then can because, well, <sighs> what a Saturday afternoon it was. Like we said, uh, Rawson getting sent off. I think there's a stack going round, isn't there, at the minute that we've become the team or something who have played with the num- the numerical disadvantage for the longest period of time and still gone on to one. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. What a team effort. I think I think as much as we say last Saturday against Walsall was the how much our season has turned round, I'd say Saturday's result against Barrow shows even more so. I think it really shows that we've we've turned that corner and we're we're going on to bigger and better things than throwing leads away against like Barrow. Because we you look at earlier this season, you think we'd probably thrown that. 10, 10, 10 15 games ago, we'd have probably thrown that when we when Rawson got sent off. But just the character and the desire from the team to not only defend brilliantly in that second half. But to actually go on and get another goal is absolutely brilliant. And especially when we played Barrow early this season and we were absolutely dire at home as well. We were shocking. And it was just a completely different Mansfield team on Saturday. It was brilliant. And Cam, you know, I said last week, we, have we had any teams do the double overs? Well, we haven't yet. They haven't yet. And the way things are going, we shouldn't we should go through the season without having anybody do the double overs because we shouldn't be frightened of going up to uh, Harrogate next week and we proved it we had a shocking game at home against Barrow, but we, we we turned them over on their turf. I think that's that's true of we beat Swindon at our ground, we lost miserably down there, we beat Warsaw up here, we, we didn't turn out at Warsaw. Well, I'm looking forward to taking um, uh, Danny Rose as a team on again because we were that was the low point, as far as I'm concerned, this season. Yeah. Was the way the team didn't play at all. Just whimpered at six fields. There was there was an attitude problem that day. I've alluded to it several times. Yeah, big one. Uh, another thing which really struck me, Alan, on on Saturday was Barrow's lack of desire. I know Mark Cooper, their manager, wasn't happy at all. I sort of heard a little bit of his post-match interview as I was sort of packing my uh, equipment up on Saturday and. One thing he says was he said was 
Mansfield had two centre halves that weren't afraid to go and head the ball. I had two centre halves that basically were. They were they were scared of of going to head a ball. And other than that, when we go down to ten men um, on thirty eight minutes or or whatever, there seemed a real reluctance from Barrow to go forward. And even in the second half, Clough sort of allowed his players to sort of sit back and sort of invite them to to come at them. And they didn't really. And once Clough and his players had sort of figured out that they, they weren't much of a threat. We got players forward. We've got road runner Reese Oates to, to run at them, and we were just playing for set pieces, and we, we we dominated. Yeah, I think that also comes, Craig. Thinking about it, if you go back to the last what is it? We've won ten, uh, nine in ten matches. Now, if them if five of them matches had been either drawn or lost, I think it could have been a different story at Barrow. We're on a mm. winning run. We're doing well. The momentum's there and everything's going for us at the moment and long may it continue. But like you said, the uh, Cooper, Mark Cooper said that his centre-arse didn't, didn't like the uh, action that we were giving him and fair play to Mansfield for that. I yes. think the, 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 the bloke on the pitch that was doing the most to get um, Barrow going was the referee. Oh, <laughs> he was poor. Very he was poor. He was poor. Their captain should have been sent off for, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, Martin and Dean were screeching yeah. about that. It was ridiculous. It was like, even, even on the tweets, you look at, I looked back through the game and I even looked at the Barrow stuff. It's always nice to look at the opposition's Twitter yeah. uh, and especially reading their fans' comments and seeing what they think of the game. And they thought the referee was poor as well, but just thought that he was just poor across the board and it was just a bit of a farce to wash. And you look back and watch the whole match back and you could see these key moments. Ryan Sturt got booked for heading a ball. It's just, you lose the game and you don't... Once you've lost a game as a referee, it's difficult to get it back again. And from what, what I heard and then what I watched on the highlights and then watched quite a bit of the full match back, you could just see the referee just lost one decision and then just lost all respect and mentality on the pitch, and he just couldn't regain it. And it was ridiculous. Fast it was, show, it was showing more cards than Paul Daniels. He was. <laughs> he was. He had. He had. He, he was very eager to to get his cards out and have a little flash of that. Let's talk Stephen McLaughlin for a sec, Al, because again, his uh, his contribution didn't go unnoticed at all. He was uh, he was excellent again from full from full back. He set. He was. Up there for the set piece, scored the, the second goal. You know, he's not afraid to get up there. For a left back, you wouldn't expect a left back to sort of go and stand in the box. You, you full backs are usually, you know, the ones that you leave back, but we just tend to leave Hewitt back. And he offers a good presence in there. And he could have had, he could have probably had a hat trick, to be fair. Yeah, he said that, didn't he? Afterwards, he said, you know, he'd, uh, he'd done really well. And it was a cracking finish, weren't it? With the one that he scored, and he's just is the ideal player at the moment. Is is good. Is exciting to watch, and that's what worries me a little. You know, when we haven't got him in the side, but Barry does drop back. So you know, there is somebody there in the wings if need be. But McLaughlin is on fire at the moment, same as one or two of a, of the others. Yeah, Nathan in the comment says uh, Macker has been exceptional this season. Uh, this come um, uh, the, the crosses he puts in are. Premier League quality. Uh, that's uh, not our Nathan, by the way, who uh, who uh, famously on this podcast has given uh, Stephen McLaughlin some grief in the past, but seems to uh, to absolutely. Shouldn't, love him now. Shouldn't, Nathan, shouldn't Nathan's little boy have been called Stephen 
Oh yes, yeah, but he, he, he bottled, he bottled it. it. He bottled yeah. it. Just just like you bottled calling call Evelyn Amber as well. Let's not forget no, that. I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, see, I, got gonna, I got found out about that one. I'm going to back Nathan up on that one. Anyway, uh, away from our little squabbles, it's time to uh, to put you uh, guys to a vote. Let's get some reaction um, from Saturday's game at Barrow and tick that one off. But you two, you three, get to to have a little vote. Do you want to hear from Nigel Clough or do you want to hear from Stephen McLaughlin? Accident prone Al, your vote, please. McLaughlin. Clive. McLaughlin. Cam? Oh, I was going to say Clough, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does. Imagine if you'd have gone McLaughlin, 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 I'd have gone, here's Nigel Clough. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to do that because, that you know, we'll give the I'm I'm in a generous mood today. Let's give the people what they want. Here, hopefully this plays now. This would be really awkward if it doesn't. Uh, is uh, Stephen McLaughlin speaking to me, pitch side at Barrow after the Stags with 3-1, bring three points home. And do it all with 10 men. Macca well played three points heading back to Mansfield. How pivotal is that result tonight? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, obviously, disappointment of Forest Green not being on. And then to come to this difficult place here and uh, get a good result with 10 men is, uh, is a credit to us, really. And of course, you came flying out of the box a goal within 40 seconds. How much does that say about how much you guys wanted to play on, uh, on Tuesday night, itching to get started? Yeah, we're really looking forward to that game. Uh, we prepared well for it, prepared well for this as well. Um, we're really looking forward to that one. You know, it was going to be a tough, tough task for us down there and we wanted to put ourselves against it, you know, to really see, you know, how far we've come along and then for it to get called off like that was uh, was a bit disappointing for us and obviously the fans as well. From a mindset point of view, how difficult was it to pick yourself up from that and going into this? Because like the fans, you guys as well have also had to put the miles in this week. Yeah, we didn't really have to pick ourselves up at all, you know, like we're here to play football and we just want to play. Um, we were looking, really looking forward to this game. We knew it was going to be a tough task. Uh, it, was, it was definitely going to be different to Forest Green, like, but um, this is a tough place to come and I thought we handled it very well, even though Faz got sent off and that, we, I think we dealt with it very, very well. I'm going to ask you uh, this one because you were involved in two goals today and an assist for one and you scored the other. Which one was your favourite? Uh, which was my favourite? In, in in different aspects, you know, my goal to make it there two one was was great, but then to get that third to just really knock the kind of stuffing out of them was was good. So I'd have to say, you know, the, the third just to really kill the game was was probably the main one. Speaking from a neutral perspective, it didn't seem like Barrow wanted to sort of come at you in the second half, even when they had the man advantage, and I guess that's probably what spurred that third goal and that reaction. Yeah, it was like they kept they kept the ball in the middle, you know, and they kept going wide. They kept getting it out wide and back in and out wide. And we just have to keep shuffling, keep shuffling. And in fairness, at the start, you know, they did put like five, six balls into the box and Ollie Hawkins, JJ, Elliot just headed them all clear. And I think they just seen, oh, well, that's not going to work for them. So they tried to like make we one twos around the box and that, but we, we stood well to that. And as I was saying, like, basically never had a big save to make, really. And that's a credit to the back five that was in there, you know that kept them at bay and blocked shots and cleared the ball and squeezed the pitch. And I guess when you've got players at the other end like Quinny, Oatsy as well, that running things down and charging them down, it just doesn't give them a second to think, does it? No, like, Oatsy's a funny one, you know, he looks dead in his feet sometimes and you pass him the ball and next thing he's off, you know what I mean? He's off, he took three or four of them out of it there in the, in the left-hand side for the free kick and he's just unstoppable when he gets ahead of steam and uh, it was a great great run from and it settled us down for a wee minute and then obviously that's where we got the third goal from. We call him Roadrunner like the cartoon he's got pace to burn hasn't he? He, he definitely does yeah he's a, he's a strong boy as well. 
uh, he, he doesn't give defenders a, a minute to rest at all. Let's have a little word on the fans because the third goal was in front of them. But the scene for me as a Mansfield fan was at the end, full time. We battled away, everybody together as a collective, dancing, enjoying it. It's moments like that which make it great for a fan. Is it the same for a player when you get those memories to cherish to go home knowing you put a shift in and it's one that you'll remember for a long time? That's why we play the game. Like, that is why we play, you know, to celebrate in front of your fans, for them singing. And uh, putting the miles that they've put in is just exceptional. And I just I said it a while ago, like it's it's a credit to them for the the miles that they have put in. Um, listen, it's our job, but like they're fans and they just love it, absolutely love it, and we love whenever they they follow us everywhere. Uh, you've uh, had a, a few clubs in your time. What about the the, the Stag support as a whole? Is there a support like this which even comes close? Not really. No, well, I was at obviously Forest. They have a big following in that, but. This here seems more. Um, it seems more to heart. Do you know what I mean? They really, really love it. Uh, even at home, in the last couple of weeks, like it, they stay after the Middlesbrough game. I've never had that where fans, everyone stayed after the Middlesbrough game. Even though we got beat, they stayed and they clapped and they cheered, and that just means everything to us. Does that make you want to push on that a little bit more, knowing that even when it doesn't quite go your way, they're always there. Well, it's simple now for us. Like, if you work hard, put in the effort, then the fans are behind you, and that's a minimum. And we'll, if we just do that, then the result will take care of itself. We've been saying that you just work hard, press, chances will come, and we've got the players to take these chances. And you just got to keep working at it, you know. And we're back home again on Saturday. What's your message to those fans who are thinking, hmm, "I'm not sure, I don't know whether to get a ticket or not"? What's your message to them to make sure we got those extra bums on seats and get a bumper crowd? <laughs> You'll be missing out if you don't get a ticket. I think. Um, we're on a great run but we're, we're not getting too hard, far ahead of ourselves we know we're at home but we've got to keep we've got to keep the, the foot on the throttle really and uh, don't let any team rest and keep pressing the way we press start the way we start and if you keep doing the, the right things then results will follow but um, I hope well I'm, I know there's going to be a big fall on, on Saturday again obviously Something special brewing here? Just one game at a time we'll see where it takes us Stephen McLaughlin there speaking to me after the game at Barrow. Just wouldn't nibble at the end, would he? But uh, I can tell you when he were looking at him in the face, he had a very big smile uh, across his face when I asked him that question. Uh, Of course, the Stags back at home on Saturday to Leighton Orient, but uh, they're on the road again, and they're going to be on the road again uh, quite a lot in Feb, starting with the rearranged trip to Harrogate, which should have taken place uh, in December between uh, Christmas and New Year. If you want to travel with the Stags Support Association, there is some space left on the second coach departure time from one course stadium is 345 15 pounds for amber members 20 pounds for blue members 25 pounds for non-members for further information call 07967689597 that's 07967689597 book your seat on the bus get down there and support uh, the stags because uh, like mclaughlin says you'll be missing out if you don't. Uh, in the comments, Nathan says, love this guy. Always have. Clive, you saw straight through him as well with the, your reply to him. I, uh, I enjoyed that. Um, let's uh, have a look. There was some other uh, comment about uh, contracts in there as well. Yeah, Jim, uh, who says... Um, we need to get a new deal in front of Maka. He must be on the club's radar and out of contract uh, in the summer. Yeah, there are a few players that uh, are as well on our website. We try and keep it up to date, but it's uh, 
I say try this, it's quite unorganized. Um, not got the time anymore. Uh, anyway, but there are a fair few that are sort of um, out of contract uh, at the end of the season. The players, as follows, as I understand it, uh, who are out of contract in the summer are Jordan Barry, Harry Charlesley, Ollie Clark, Jason Law, George Maris, Stephen McLaughlin, James Perch, Farron Rawson, uh, Tyrese Sinclair. Um, who else is in there as well? Uh, who else have I missed? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, because the others are obviously lone players um, as well. So uh, there's a couple in there that we perhaps need to uh, get uh, get tied down um, uh, and maybe have a little look at. But uh, yeah, certainly uh, certainly one to think about uh, in the future. But at the moment, Clive, I, I wouldn't be handing out any new contracts as yet because... Let's just keep our focus. Let's let's keep going as we are because we all know that whole the whole footballing thing of here's a new contract and then they take the foot off the the gas. Yes, let let Easter come and go before you start talking contracts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's uh, move uh, move on then, Al, and uh, look ahead to Leighton Orient on uh, Saturday at One Course Stadium, uh, home game for us, which will be very very rare, of course, going into. Uh, uh, going into to February, but another chance to uh, to get a win on board and break that club record. Obviously, we've got um, what seven wins on the spin in Skybet League Two, which has uh, matched a club record. Should we win on Saturday, it would set a new football league record for consecutive victories. Personally, though, I think Nigel Clough and his players will want to. They'll have that in the back of the mind, of course, but their their only focus won't be on records, won't be on consecutive wins. It will just be about going out and getting the job done. Because earlier in the season, we got a goal of straw down at Orient with ten men. We want to go one better. Yeah, and I don't see why not, providing they can uh, keep the quality on the pitch and not in the changing room. You know, i.e., getting red cards or whatever. Although we all agree that Faz shouldn't have been sent off. And, uh, you know, I can only see one way up for the Stags on Saturday. And I do believe I'm, I'm toying with a 3-0 or a 3-1 on Saturday. Oh. But uh, I think it will be a really good game, you know. And I think uh, we'll, we'll sort them out again. And just think on, Craig, we could th- theoretically take six points off Forest Green yet because we haven't played them. Yeah, we could. And theoretically. Tell, you, I t- tell you what, it better be on next time we go down there because... Let's let's not talk about Forest Green Rovers. Who knows, mate? I had a tongue-in-cheek joke the other day saying that it might not get rescheduled. We might it might actually be an actual double pointer on the final day of the season. That'd be something oh. else. The EFL. I wouldn't put it past the EFL. Yeah, um, so looking at... Just interrupting you, yeah, I saw one headline in one of the news sports pages and it was Foggy Green Rovers. Yeah. Very good. Very, Very good. Very good. Uh, I believe Cam is still there in, in audio form. Yeah, I'm still here. My camera keeps playing up and coming through like really bad quality. Is he yeah, in the lavatory? Yeah, it's, it's because you're, it's, it's looking at your face. Uh, anyway, though, let's uh, take a look at uh, at Leighton Orient. Their last 10 games, bit of a dodgy spell at the minute um, with uh, a draw and two, two defeats in their last three um, and one win in their last five. But Kelly Jacket's sides are always... Um, always difficult aren't they to, to come up against and they'll want to come up here and, and spoil the party won't they that, that's a question to cam sorry yeah um for god's sake i think i think it'll be a difficult game obviously um 
back when we played late in Orient, we were just on our start of our bad run, but they were on a decent run of form. Like I think they were fourth or fifth, third or fourth in the table at the time. So it'll be a a real teller of where we, how far we have actually come as well uh, from the start of the season, where we actually started relatively all right. But I think we were relatively unlucky at late in Orient. I think until Tyree Sinclair got sent off, I thought we were still very much in that game. We had chances to win that game, even with 10 men. We still had chances. I think Reese Oates was like through one on one in the ninety summit minute and just run out of steam, or is it Lapsley? It, someone. So we know that the team can be there to be broke down. We know that we can re- create chances, especially if we keep this uh, this confidence going that we've actually got within within the team. I, th- I think we'll do all right. Yeah, as it stands at the minute in the league standings, um, they are playing tonight, late and Orient. They're goalless. Uh, at the minute in uh, 12th place. They are um, at home to Newport County uh, this evening. So hopefully a little bit of tightness that might creep in. And the fact, that, the fact Clive, that, you know, we've, we've not had a game midweek. It will do us, uh, it's somewhat the world of good after last week's travelling because we still had to go to Forest Green Rovers. We went there and back um, on the day for four minutes of football. Then obviously up to Barrow, had a little bit of an overnighter, but still it's a long, long time for both those uh, both those games on the coach. So to have no game this week has sort of given a little bit of rest and recuperation. Well, it'll give the, it'll give the uh, team time to just uh, warm down a bit. And it will also mean that the any knocks and niggles can be treated. And it'll give Lucas some time to get to know his teammates as well on the training ground. So it's a good thing, in my opinion, that we haven't got a midweek game. Yeah, certainly is. Let's hope that we can get all three points. Podcast predictions time, and then we'll round off talking about uh, outgoings this week and uh, very briefly about about them. Um, podcast predictions update. Clive, you sent me a message earlier asking me to update the table, and I have. I have uh, the piece of paper here. I have updated. It's Neville Chamberlain. The latest. Uh, the latest table. Annoyingly, Nathan is at the top and has got to open up a bit of a gap now. He's uh, on 38 points for the, the season. Clive, you're in second on 35 points and I'm just behind in third on 34. Uh, fourth in the table is Cam's dad, Nick, who is on 34. Then it's Steve in fifth on 31. Uh, and then it's Steve Naden in sixth on 21. Roger in uh, seventh on 17. Alan Wilson is in eighth on 16 points. You're slowly climbing the table, Al. Uh, then <laughs> had a good some, week, Saturday. You did. And then some guy called Cam uh, in ninth place uh, on 15 points. And then Ricky, Nathan's brother, on in 10th place. I'm not last. You're Come not on. last. Don't You're not last, but you are last, out, you are last out of us five. Yeah, it don't matter, though. I'm not <laughs> last. I, I was communicating with one of our regulars, Jim, earlier this week, and he... He forecast this score exactly right and the three scorers. So oh. must have been, done him no harm at all. Well, you see, he did and he didn't because if, if he did, it wasn't on the official the official um, oh. list. And oh, as I keep saying to people, only your predictions will count if they are made through the official channels. So I must clarify again, so there you go, Jim. Do it right or not at all. <laughs> I must. Cl- I mean, mainly because I mean, mainly because then I have to look through Facebook, Twitter, and all the other platforms as well as the link. So we put the link together. So, um, so, uh, so it, it's there. It's all in one place. So, 
please feel free to play along with the uh, prediction game, but please do it via the link, which is in the description. It's very easy to find. It's the same link every single week. Bookmark it on your, on your tabs. There's a QR code that you can scan as well. So please submit it through there because links on Facebook, Twitter, etc., comments on Facebook and Twitter, etc., do not count. Uh, Nathan says, by the way, Clive's prediction came through uh, later than one hour and one minute before kickoff. Just saying. Can I just say two things to Nathan? One is I was repeating my earlier forecast. And the second thing is bog off. <laughs> That's yes. two things. So for clarity, your predictions must come through one hour and one minute before kickoff, aka before team news comes through and must be made via the official link. So I'm sorry, Jim, I do apologise. Your correct score forecast and your correct goal scorer's forecast for Barrow doesn't count. It might not have been, Jim. It might have been Chris, but I'm an old fella. I can uh, it's, 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 forget it's it wrong. It's Chris. He says, I feel cheated. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I apologise to Jim because, you know, we were slagging you off there and it, it wasn't you. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, but Chris, yes, unlucky. It doesn't count. Uh, anyway, time to get these in. If you want to play it, Along at home, I think I've stressed it enough. Do it in the link. Link's in the description. Uh, right. Alan, Nathan, uh, Alan, Clive and Cam, let's get yours. Um, let's go in order of people in the table. So, uh, Clive, you are second in the table at the moment. So, you get to go first. Your prediction for Saturday, please. I'm going to be a little bit cautious. 2-1 win. Oats and Aikens. Okay. Uh, next in the table is me. So, I will go with, I fancy us to get a clean sheet, but I think it's going to be a tighter game than what we've had. I'm going to go with a 1-0 win, and I'm going to go with this man to score. Meep, meep, meow. Any guesses? <laughs> Roadrunner. CJ Hamilton. Young Reese. Correct, Alan Wilson, <laughs> yes. Uh, you are next in the table because Cam's rubbish at this game. He's been playing it all season. You've been playing it half a season, and yet you saw beating him. Uh, Alan, you're next. <laughs> I'm, I'm toying with the idea. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I'll go for 3-1 and I'll go for Roadrunner, Barry. And I think George Marius might pop one in Saturday. Excellent. Uh, Cam, you're next. Oh, 2-0. Stags. Uh, I think... I think Macker will score again. I think Reese Oaks will score. Excellent stuff. Chris in the comments has put 4-1, Oats 2, Bowery 2. Chris, if you want it to count, it has to be done through the link. It has to be done <laughs> through the link. The link is in the description to this video. We will post it on our social media pages before the say, weekend. Say well. to Nathan then. No, Nathan, Nathan is exempt because Ooh. he's a podcast panellist member. But, because but we, do our, we do ours, we do ours through the chat. Chris, do it through the bloody link, for God's sake. How many times will I let you do yours through the through the chat? Nathan, by the way, says a uh, a 2-0 win. Um, and he's gone for a uh, for Reese Oates and uh, Lucas Aikens uh, to score. So there you go. We've given our predictions. You can do yours at home. Please do it through the link. Final bit of chat this week before I let you go and we uh, replay Saturday's uh, epic game is... There's been some outgoings as well as there's been some ingoings, uh, Alan. That mainly the, the big one this week is Tyree Sinclair has joined Scunthorpe United on loan until the end of the season. He is out of contract for the Stags at the end of uh, the season. He has got to perform on loan, hasn't he? Out, out if he wants to stay a Stag. 
I think it's make or break, isn't it, for for Tyrese? Because at the end of last season, his last six games, I think he scored three goals, and it was probably the player of the last six games for me. But he just hasn't he hasn't really performed when he's had the chance this year. Although he gets free kicks, he does reasonably well when he comes on, but he's just going down the pecking order. So you can understand why he's gone out. But I just I I feel for the lad, and I really like Tyrese Sinclair. I think he's a good prospect. I just hope he does well and comes back, you know, firing on all cylinders for next year if they keep him. Another that's gone out, Clive, for a month is uh, is Keaton Ward. He's joined Telford on loan and starting their 5-0 win at the weekend. It's an excellent thing for a player like Keaton to go out and play at that level rather than loiter around the, t- the fringes of the team here. So I, I wish him well and I'm sure he'll, he'll enjoy it. It'll build his confidence, it'll build his experience, and I think he'll be on our books next year. And finally, Cam, uh, elsewhere, looking elsewhere, there's still a, a couple of players to to move out. I think Clough said something like we had 15 players that he wanted to get off and we've, we've, we've got rid of about 12 of them. Got rid is probably the wrong phrase, but you know what I mean. Uh, one of which he wants to get some game time for is young, is young James Gale, the striker we brought in. Um, from non-league earlier this season. And with Aikens in the building now as well, it, it looks like he will probably go before the end of the window. The other big one is what we do with, with Corey O'Keefe. Well, he's pretty much gone. So It's about the size uh, of the fee where O'Keefe is concerned, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Cam. No, no, I'd have said the same thing. Um, it's always the biggest stumbling block when it comes to football a lot of the time. I think... Uh, pre- presumably he would go back to Rochdale. Uh, he's done, done quite well there. He seems quite settled and he, he's very much uh, a welcome part of their team. So if it is, then I can't imagine that personal terms will be the issue. I'd imagine it is a, a transfer fee. And did we pay for anything for him? I can't remember if we did. Where did we get him from? Birmingham, wasn't there? We got him on a free, didn't we, from Birmingham? He got released from his contract. Yeah, got released from his contract. And uh, yeah, we got him on a free from from what I can remember. I'm sure somebody will put me right, but uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, we will see. We'll keep you up to date with any more um, movement in the transfer window, possibly looking to try and get uh, a utility player in before Saturday. The focus, though, is on getting all three points. If you want to get more from inside the Stags camp, you can uh, catch up with uh, Nigel Clough and John Joe O'Toole, who I spoke to earlier on. And before we play the uh, the highlights from uh, from Saturday's game at Barrow, one final little, uh, little game for you. Um, let's put this in context. I'm always nagged by my missus, who doesn't like football, doesn't really understand it, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to ask one question when I'm interviewing people, no matter who it is, and that is, what's your favourite biscuit? She seems to think it's a very important question. I can never shoehorn it into an interview. That is until today. John Joe O'Toole, I was uh, second up to interviewing him um, today, um, and they did the interview outside because the... uh, uh, they couldn't use the inside room for, for a reason, which uh, I can't really go into. So they were sat outside doing it. It was absolutely Baltic at the RH. Obviously, everyone on the Zoom call who's doing the interviews is in nice warm rooms. O'Toole is just finished training. He's absolutely freezing. He's sat there shivering. You can tell in his answers. And uh, I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to shoehorn this question in. Uh, so this is what uh, is what happened. Is he going to play? Random question to uh, to finish off on. What's your favourite biscuit? Biscuit. Oh, I like your guesses, please. 
<laughs> Alan, you've brought a jar of biscuits out. What are you going to guess? I'm going for chocolate hobnob. Clive, any advances on chocolate hobnob? Jammy Dodger. Cam? I think chocolate digestive. Oh. Roger in the comments has gone custard cream. Good shout. I don't know. This is what happened. Random question to uh, to finish off on. What's your favourite biscuit? Biscuit? Oh, I like a hobnob. Sure. Well, go and get the kettle on. See if there's some hobnobs in the cupboard. You've yeah. earned it. Yeah, Sanjay, thanks for the beacon to us, pal. Oh, man. Cheers, mate. I think he did say, Al, chocolate hobnob in there. <laughs> Thank I you. He sort of said that. So, so well done to you. Extra point for that. In no. a word. No. Uh, so there you go. A little bit of fun on the podcast for you. Maybe future back in, in future. Maybe we need to know what people's favourite biscuits are um, as well. So uh, maybe we'll do that in the future. For now, though, it's uh, I know we've run over a little bit tonight. It's time to reflect uh, on Barrow. So uh, sit back and enjoy a 10 minute recap of what happened on Saturday as the Stags went up to Cumbria, as told by me on Mansfield 103.2. Welcome to the Dunes Hotel Stadium where Mansfield Town are looking for their seventh consecutive win in Skybet League 2. Can Nigel Clough's side go all the way home with three points this afternoon? The sun is shining here at the Dunes Hotel Stadium as the teams walk out to the centre circle. Mansfield Town are unchanged from the side which started and played three minutes at Forest Green Rovers on Tuesday before the fog said no, let's have an early night. So it's Nathan Bishop in goal and then it will either be a 4-4-2 diamond or three at the back. Let's go with the 4-4-2 diamond, where it will be a back four of Elliot Hewitt, Farron Rawson, Ollie Hawkins and Stephen McLaughlin. Um, John Joe O'Toole will sit at the bottom of the diamond. George Maris will sit at the top of it with Stephen Quinn and Ryan Sturk in the middle. Up front, that leaves Reese Oates and Jordan Barry. On the bench, Merrick Steck, Richard Narty, Harry Charlesley, Danny Johnson, Jason Law, George Lapsley and of course, Mansfield Town's new marquee signing, Lucas Aikens, who signed on a free transfer from Burton Albion. Mansfield Town, it looks like they will start potentially here with a back three. Elliot Hewitt, Farron Rawson and John Joe O'Toole in that back three, which puts Ollie Hawkins up front. Mansfield get us underway. They go from right to left and immediately it's Reese Oates that's driving forward for the Stags. Helps if I start my stopwatch as Reese Oates is inside the box here. He takes a shot low to the right hand side and the keeper, just seven seconds in, is forced to palm the ball behind for an early Mansfield Town corner. Mansfield broke straight from the kickoff, Reese Oates driving his way forward to the left of the area had a shot which was palmed away by Paul Farman and Mansfield have a corner which is away to our left just obscured from our view here at uh, Barrow it will be uh, I think Stoke that's going to cross that far corner deliver left footed in swinging towards the front post it's nodded in and Mansfield Town have taken the lead after just 34 seconds it's a flick on at the front post from Rawson and then he's nodded in couldn't quite see who got it over the line but Mansfield have scored away to our left just 45 seconds in and it's Barrow nil at Mansfield Town 1 that is all about attacking from the very first whistle excellent run forwards by Reese Oates to earn the corner and then Mansfield Town Ryan Sturt delivered it and, the, and then it was nodded in by Reese Oates from uh, all of 
two yards after just one minute. That's a great start for Mansfield Town. Barrow nil, Mansfield Town won. Reese with a goal. It will be a free kick for Barrow. It will be the number 19 of Anthony Glennon who will take this free kick, conceded by Stephen McLaughlin. Some 40 yards from goal, a step in from the touchline over on this near side. Mansfield Town playing into the sun this afternoon, so every time there's a high ball in there, the Stags are slightly impeded by that sunshine. Glennon and uh, Gotts both stand over this. Gotts has got the option for a right-footed ball in. Glennon, it will be a left-footed ball. George Maris forms a one-man wall for Mansfield Town. Puts his hands over the Never region as to present, prevent any... Uh, any nasty smashes, Glennon has one hand in the air, delivers a left footed ball in towards the box now into that strip of sunshine and goes all the way behind for a, uh, for a corner to Barrow, their second of the game. It flicked off the head of uh, Farron Rawson there just before the goal line and the Barrow fans come alive. It will be a uh, right footed ball in again from that far side. It's George Maris trying to prevent the short corner as he's researched, but Mansfield have nobody forward. They've got everybody inside the box. In comes the delivery. Right foot in swinger. Flick towards goal. And he's got in. Barrow this time do have the ball in the back of the net. And the offside flag stays down. Mansfield scored for a corner in the opening minutes. And on 16 minutes, they've conceded from one. Barrow one. Mansfield town one. Reese Oates is the furthest forward on the right-hand side. Oates has the ball, he's up against three Barrow men. Reese Oates will drive forward in the way that Roadrunner does. Here is Reese Oates, left foot a shot from distance. It's carried away by Foreman. And Stephen Quinn will let the ball, will keep the ball in play on this near side. Gets it to Ryan Sturk. Barrow have players back, Stags have players forward. In comes the cross from Sturk. It's punted behind and it will go away uh, behind that uh, stand on that far side, which did used to host the away fans, but now uh, hosts a few home fans for a second Mansfield Town corner. And Mansfield Town will be hoping now for a repeat of the first one, which uh, Stephen Quinn will go across to take. The first one, of course, inside the opening minute was flicked on by Rawson at the near post and headed in by Reese Oves. Can Mansfield get themselves the advantage again? 25 minutes played. It's Barrow 1, Mansfield Town 1. Stephen Quinn with a left-footed outswinger corner away to our left. Can Mansfield get back in front here? Quinn disappears behind the crowd and now delivers the ball in towards the front post. He might run to the back post for McLaughlin and he's got in! Stephen McLaughlin has drilled Mansfield Town back into the lead. Runs over to the far side, jumps into the air and the Stags players go across to celebrate with him. Stephen McLaughlin with a pile driver on 24 minutes makes it Barrow 1, Mansfield Town 2 and it is a game of corners here at the Dunes Hotel stadium Stephen Quinn's delivery towards the back post it ran free Stephen McLaughlin set himself and said thank you very much with my left foot I'm going to drive this in from 18 yards and there was nothing that poor Foreman in the Barrow goal could do about it Barrow 1 Mansfield Town 2 Mansfield have a free kick then on the halfway line which will be taken just over the halfway line actually by Elliot Hewitt Mansfield leave Rawson and O'Toole back haven't really got anybody forward in terms of being in the box but they're certainly trying to get the ball up towards Ollie Hawkins here. He's got two man, two men on him. It's Hawkins Sandwich. We'll certainly see who tries to uh, tries to win that. And it comes towards the box, nodded on by White. Uh, Hawkins tries to win it. He can't do so. Barrow come forward. Rawson's missed his challenge. Barrow fans appealing for a free kick, and they'll get it here. And it looks like Farron Rawson will go into the referee's book. McLaughlin wants a quick one here from Maris. 
And uh, as Barrow closes it down, McLaughlin sensibly walks away from it and leaves it for Maris. The slight chance of yellow starts to blow across from that far right-hand side where the Stags fans are. Maris, one arm in the air, delivers in towards Barry this time. It's over away. Sturk will chase it back, though. Hall, uh, Hewitt inside the centre circle, gets the ball at feet, tries to deliver long, cuts off the Barrow man. Lawson with a strong challenge. Barry Lawson has been blocked here. And Barry Lawson could be being sent off for here. It's a second yellow card for Farron Rawson and Mansfield Town are down to 10 men. Rawson knew what was coming, he dove into the tackle and there you go on 38 minutes, Farron Rawson is off straight down the tunnel. Glockland headed away but it's picked up by the substitute Damien Devitt. Devitt tries to get it to Hutton, poor touch though. And Reese Oates is back there defending from the Stags, he's been everywhere as Oates. And Reese Oates here has got space down the left hand side. Reese Oates is still going over the halfway line, that's surely got to be a yellow card the captain Ollie Banks who body blocked Reese Oates there as Oates was driving forward these questions there oh over whether Ollie Banks should still be on the pitch he will get booked here by the referee Oates has stayed on the ground Maxwell have a free kick Ollie Banks will go into the uh, the referee's book finally on 66 minutes but but the frustrating thing was the fact that um Banks should have been brought in the first half, so should there theoretically have been given his second yellow card. The attendance today, 3,224, 358 from Mansfield, who stand behind that goal where Mansfield Town have a free kick now. Midway between the halfway line and the edge of the Barrow box. Over on the far left-hand side, George Lapsley is about to be introduced for uh, the Stags. He's stripping off over on that far side. Stephen McLaughlin is um, is going to going to take this free kick. There's the whistle from the referee. Oates makes a, a run at the near post. Barry in the middle. O'Toole's up there. He's got Barry! Jordan Barry puts Mansfield 3-1 up with a forceful header. Spins to the Stags fans and everybody jumps on him. Jordan Barry on 67 minutes makes it Barrow 1, Mansfield Town 3 and that is exactly what Mansfield Town would have wanted. Make your most of set pieces and Jordan Barry who I was critical of moments ago answers my critique and says bang thank you very much 3-1 Barrow 1 Mansfield Town 3 30 seconds to go eagerly watching the referees he takes another look at the watch can Mansfield Town see it out and not concede Barrow 1 Mansfield 3 the Stags with 10 men the Stags into the last 20 seconds the ball's in the Stags box Bishop comes to try and narrow the angle ball's still running loose Mansfield needs to get it clear they've still not done so and now they do through Aikens and Aikens just plays the ball out towards the right hand side and forces Barrow down the pitch and that should be it we have played the 4 minutes according to my watch now we're just waiting for the referee who puts the whistle to the lips and see a seventh straight win for Mansfield Town in Skybet League 2. That is special. Full time, Barrow 1, Mansfield Town 3. Mansfield Town with 10 men from the 38th minute. And that is a huge, huge victory. Well, what we wouldn't give for more of that on uh, Saturday afternoon as the Stags welcome Leighton Orient to Wonkor Stadium. Mansfield have won! Yes, we did. And we'll hopefully do it all over again on Saturday. 
As always, thanks very much for listening to the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight. If you can't make it to One Course Stadium on Saturday, get yourself a radio set and tune in to Mansfield 103.2 build-up from 1pm with Jason Harrison. Me and Lee Wilson will keep you up to date with every single kick of the action. And then, of course, join us again on Sunday for the return of the Sunday Sermon on every Sunday when we've got a game in midweek. As we look back on the Leighton Orient game and look ahead to Harrogate's, Play along with podcast predictions via the link in the description. And above all else, keep safe, keep smiling and keep supporting the Stags as we look to break a Football League record and get our eighth consecutive win in Skybet League 2. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Until next time, goodbye. And remember, if you join Joe O'Toole, Reach for the hobnobs. Goodbye. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.